Hi, this is the first episode of a podcast called The Quietest Place One Can Find. My friend Kate and I will talk about life in China and a recent article named Anxiety, which she published telling the story of her Asian travels during the global pandemic. We've discussed the idea of starting a podcast for a long time and finally decided to give it a try. Besides sound quality issues and our amateur approach, we hope we can share interesting stories and opinions and get better with every new episode. So here we go! Yo! Yo. Hello! <laughs> hello and what's up? <laughs> okay, hello and what's up everybody who's listening. Uh, my name is Nana, here with me is Kate, of course. Yo. Physically, she is not right in front of me, but some 7,000 kilometers away in Shanghai, China. I'm actually sitting in my bathroom in Moscow because normally a bathroom is the quietest place one can find in an apartment. Uh, but let's get to the point. Kate is a researcher in the political science field and an eco-activist. She has conducted studies in Chinese political and educational system, corruption, eco-policies, and so on. Uh, last September, she got a scholarship at Beijing University, which is one of the largest and oldest universities in China. And so she's been in China ever since, or almost ever since. Hi, Kate. Hey, hello. I'm so proud of myself right now. <laughs> Why is that? Well, you know, I was just looking and, like, listening to your description, and I was like, oh, I might be an interesting person. <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, the reason we are recording this podcast is that we have some thoughts, activities, and some, like, small talks that we would like to share not only between ourselves, but with anyone who could be interested. As a kind of uh, Asian nerds, as we call ourselves. Oh, well, like, we're, like, nerds, right? interested in Asian regions we're not Asian <laughs> oh yeah uh, maybe uh, inside I'm an Asian mm. uh, we are really interested in the Asian region and uh, particularly in China so I guess mm -hmm. most of the topics uh, we're going to discuss will be centered around this region mm -hmm. in this podcast I will be a kind of a curious journalist And Kate will be one who gives a scientific ground and a local eye to our discussion. Uh, because she's in China right now, and she's able to personally witness certain things. Yep. As I kind of did a small introduction, I was going to ask uh, Kate to speak a little bit and um, tell us uh, something about a recent piece or an article as you call it, a blog post that you wrote. So, um, again, I was working in academia. I usually would write something for, like, inner use. And because uh, in academia you're heavily dependent on professors, a lot of things uh, have not been published. And um, I just thought that right now I need to start sharing my experience and my ideas publicly. And um, I was publishing um, articles in um, some magazines, but also decided to start a blog. 
and the first post I posted there uh, is called anxiety and it's basically it basically describes how I came um, to China two days before it was closed. Uh, can you please tell uh, in a nutshell what is the plot of this blog post and what is this whole story about? Uh, so the story is about uh, me and my friend sitting in Shanghai already and talking about her old classmate while um, I'm uh, thinking about the experience of the past two days, like not two, but like the pa- uh, past months um, when I decided to come from Moscow to Thailand and stay there because it seemed like a very safe place. And actually, it was like that before the 20th um, of March. Um, and this is why I give some kind of a small data how the cases uh, have risen in Thailand and how people started reacting on, uh, on um, the amount of cases and what was my what were my feelings about it. And uh, then I just described how I came from Thailand to Shanghai and what happened there. I think it's quite interesting. And um, like in parallel to that, I publish my friends' um, thoughts about their life. Tell us a little bit more about why you decided to go to Thailand and what was the situation there? Mm. How did it feel to be the foreigner in an Asian country during the whole this situation with the virus so like the thing is that thailand seemed like a very safe place and since january they had only around 40 cases or so and uh while i was there um actually again nothing um was changing uh drastically but then suddenly as far as i understand uh tourists from Britain probably brought um, virus inside the country and the number of cases just started to grow very, very fast. How did the people react? Like, um, Mm. were there people in the streets? Were they wearing masks? Uh, How did they react Mm. to foreigners and to the Chinese people? Because I Mm -hmm. remember a phrase from your text uh, that the stallkeeper shouted, Look, there is a foreigner and she's not scared of Chinese people around. What a miracle. Oh, well, that is absolutely true. So uh, basically, again, when the number of cases was less than 300, I'd say, uh, the government didn't react um, very, um, very actively, I'd say. And people were also calm. Everything was opened up. Thailand is a like very you know in the country which relies on tourism pretty heavily so people like local people they used to see foreigners everywhere so it's not a problem and um, then uh, people started wearing masks uh, then a lot of places were closed every time we would go to the apartment we would have to check our um, temperature and uh, eventually by the 25th 24th of March um, the, the, the country started to lock down and um, the uh, stall keeper actually he was in Chinatown and 
um, I was going to the ATM to check my uh, bank account. And when he saw me uh, in Chinatown, you know, a foreigner without a mask, uh, seeming like pretty happy, he was he was also uh, quite glad to see me. <laughs> so you bought your ticket from Thailand to China. Uh, mm. The first ticket, as I understand, uh, was the first flight was cancelled, and then you had yeah. to buy another flight uh, to Shanghai. Yeah, this is what when I actually felt that <laughs> it might be uh, more of a problem, uh, as I pictured before, because um, you know you don't usually expect uh, the ticket you already bought to be cancelled, and like in few hours, and. Um, um, it also was in the direction, like the opposite direction to to Shanghai, and I just understood that probably the safer place is to go to a big city in China. Describe the situation in the airports, like the airport mm-hmm. in Thailand and uh, the one that you arrive at in Shanghai. Uh, what were all the procedures when you arrived at there as a, as a foreigner? So, like um, again, it was a month ago. And the difference was very, very visible in Thailand. Um, I think um, this staff checked my temperature only like two or three times. And uh, most of the people, they didn't wear masks. Uh, there was no special, you know, procedure to uh, for health check. Uh, but in Shanghai, it was definitely different. Uh, so first of all, um, we were sitting on the plane and uh, the whole crew was dressed up like in a heavy protective gear and uh, then the airport staff came in and they took uh, all the foreigners we uh, like who came from particular regions or who had passports from particular regions like 24 countries um the us italy included and um after that we waited for a while and from the board, we went inside of the airport and uh, we filled in um, the health check form. Um, we measured the temperature, we filled another health check form. And um, basically after that, uh, we went to the buses, which took us to the areas in Shanghai we were supposed to leave at. Uh, so, you know, you should have booked something in advance. And at the, um, like, health check area, uh, they also took our temperature and another, uh, we filled another health form. And then they took the actual uh, test for coronavirus. How did it feel? Describe the procedure of taking a test of coronavirus and how like everybody treated the people who arrived uh, at China. Oh, like it was quite friendly, actually. I also uh, probably because I speak Chinese, um, I was like I felt more comfortable uh, there and I was standing with like volunteers who helped the airport staff and we were like talking about life and mocking basically. And um, um, I was very much ready for 
eight-hour long procedure, but actually everything went down to three hours, even less. And um, the test check thing um, lasted for, I don't know, 12 seconds, basically, because they just uh, take, how do you call it, the scoops? Yeah, it's like a swab test or something. Yeah, yeah, they just take the swab test from your nostrils and the back of your throat, and that's it, and then you're free. Were there any thoughts that you might get a virus uh, before you received an official message that you are uh, totally healthy? Oh, well, definitely. So this is what I describe in my story, that I was so anxious that I thought like about everything that could have happened to me. And uh, I was I was sure that I'm not sick, but you never know, right? And I would definitely could find like different uh, symptoms. And uh, while my friends were texting me about things that they are going through, I mean, it it didn't add up to my happiness. <laughs> well, actually, I imagine if I was in your place, uh, I think the situation is all kind of, I know, makes you nervous and anxious. And mm-hmm. especially when you mentioned that all the uh, flight crew was, dre- yeah. was dressed in, totally in the protective suits, the white. Yeah. Are those it the white? Quite fun. Yeah, like creepy or something. Oh, I hate white color. It's the worst color in the world. Is it? I mean, is it? Is it like those costumes uh, that you could see in the movies? Uh... Yeah, this is actually what like it's not the the astronaut uh, costume, right? <laughs> not the uh, astronaut gear, but it's uh, basically like the whole medical stuff. Because right now I'm imagining like a flight attendant uh, that is kind of spreading all the food and all the drinks uh, wearing this white suit and a mask and it's all like kind of funny and creepy at the same time well you know at this moment you don't think if it's funny or not (laughs) (laughs) you just like basically you turn your brain off and you think about your final destination uh i'm quite surprised that i managed to pick some details because I think that my brain uh, didn't work properly. And also because I was so stressed that because I am stressed, my temperature will go high and I won't be able to go through the house check mm. in Shanghai airport. This is why I bought sleeping pills and I ate like four or five of them on board. So just to fall asleep. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> because uh, right now I'm picturing you snoring uh, in the middle of the crowd of the yeah. plane, <laughs> plane passengers who are like nervous or shaking and you're like, <laughs> like, <"Nah." laughs> like what's your name? Banana. <laughs> <laughs> but luckily you uh, managed to arrive at Shanghai. Mm. And uh, in your blog post, I also noticed that you mentioned an Alipay app health code. So can you tell us a little bit more about this health code? Yeah. And what does it mean? So I was actually quite surprised because I also didn't know what the hell is that. And um, I haven't seen it at the airport, but when I already was 
uh, in the city, uh, someone asked me about this. Um, oh, when I was applying for uh, temporary residence in Shanghai, they asked to show the code. And I was like, what's that? So they told me to enter Alipay um, app. It's the uh, payment uh, application, uh, which is very popular in China. And so inside the new uh, logo appeared, which looks like a shield. And you just enter um, like this function and you see your QR code. Mm -hmm. And um, basically, this code can be re uh, red, green, or yellow. And what does it mean? If your code is red, it means that you have to stay at home no matter what. If it's yellow, I actually have no idea. I've never seen the yellow code. And the green one means that you can leave as you did before and you can go everywhere you want. And uh, you should show this code in particular places with a lot of people or if you want to do the manicure or if you want to go to the hospital, you should um, show this code. So the interesting thing is you cannot really kind of tell uh, what will be the time for the code to change the color. It is up to the municipality to decide. So, for example, if you were abroad, then, I mean, the, the color will be definitely red and you just need to stay at home for 14 days. Mm -hmm. So it's basically the local officials mm -hmm. who regulate this uh, color of the health code, kinda right? Yes, kind of, yes. Mm -hmm. And uh, what adds to that, I think, is like the psychological impact because uh, when you see the green code, you definitely feel like everything is fine. When you see the red code, well, you definitely feel that something is not quite right. What color is your code right now? Well, it's green. <laughs> oh, really? It's green? Because I remember yeah, that yeah, yeah. you wrote in the, in the text that your health code kind of switched to the red one unexpectedly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So for ex this is the thing. It was green and then it turned into red. And uh, uh, we tried to stay in the area where we had an apartment and not to go too much outside. Then in one day, it suddenly turned from red to green. And, like, and you're free now. <laughs> and uh, right now, like after the 14th days of self-quarantine, it it turned green and it hasn't changed uh, since then. And it's been like 10 days or something. So you're now staying in Shanghai and where exactly are you staying? Is it an apartment or yeah. uh, like a dormitory? No, 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 an apartment. What is actually the situation in the city right now? How is everybody going? What is happening outside? Is there any, uh, I know, nervous people? Or is there any yeah. fear among the locals about the second wave of coronavirus that is kind of spreading right now from the outside of China? So, like, everything is opened up. And a lot of people started to go to work. And actually, the government announced that all the schools should be able to open up um, uh, before May 6th. So uh, locals, 
at least as I see, they seem very chill. And um, a lot of people are wearing masks. But again, I start noticing a lot of people who stopped wearing masks and started, you know, smoking outside. And um, um, actually, the whole atmosphere seems like pretty normal. Honestly, if people wouldn't have um, have masks on their faces, you would never tell that something is different. And I don't think that the second wave is on people's minds right now. Their like main concern is to start working and to, especially if they have business, to run their business uh, again. Mm-hmm. Uh, has your anxiety gone away right now? How do you feel as a foreigner in a big Chinese city right now? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I definitely feel... Um, more than fine and I think um, I've heard a lot of news right now that uh, people in Guangzhou uh, foreigners have problems and uh, in some other cities and I know there is a problem to check in the hotel in Beijing for sure but I like from my personal experience I haven't uh, seen anything like that and I'm actually very interested to go to Guangzhou and, um, like, I don't know, estimate uh, the situation myself. I was actually going to also ask you about this situation because I've been reading a lot of reports and mm-hmm. media articles from both, like, Russian media and uh, foreign media that uh, there is right now a gro- growing a- a anti-foreigner sentiment in China in some areas like uh, in Guangzhou it's even getting like bigger and more xenophobic feelings when people cannot even get uh, their uh, get to their apartments or they're not allowed to enter any restaurants or any buildings at all and uh, many Africans who actually live in Guangzhou now are forced to live in the streets and they couldn't get any apartment to rent or any hotel room. Did you actually encounter any like anti-foreigner sentiment in Shanghai? Well, personally not, but I definitely heard the news and I spoke to several people. What I can say is that um, every location in China is different. And I do feel like Guangzhou is a kind of a special area in this sense. And uh, people there have very, very strong, let's call it patriotic um, uh, moods, right? And um, again, uh, it's hard to say. Um, I know that uh, partially the situation with um, African community in Guangzhou was triggered uh, because of the five Nigerians were um, tested positively. Yeah, tested positive, and um, after that, uh, yeah, a lot of people uh, just basically were kicked out of their apartments. The thing is, I'm quite surprised um, that the local government didn't try to take control of it because in Guangzhou, the local government is quite powerful. And I do think that it wouldn't be a problem for them at least to provide uh, accommodation for uh, people. 
um, this is again why I would love to go there by myself and interview people and understand what is actually going on there. What about the situation in Shanghai? I mean, again, for me, it's chill and I haven't noticed anything. Um, I even didn't hear any news related to Shanghai. Uh, describe uh, your normal day uh, during a quarantine in China. <laughs> it's not interesting, believe me. <laughs> well, as as far as I know, you're uh, preceding the online classes from Beijing University. Oh, yeah, true. So d- descri- <laughs> describe a little bit how your day starts. Uh, what do you do and some well... actual activities. <laughs> Uh, like my activity is to breathe, honestly. But um, yeah, I do have online classes. I have online class each day. Um, it's only because my schedule is quite tight. Other people they have uh, much more, uh, like much less classes anyway. But um, you know, we use different apps. The most popular one is Zoom. And basically, most of the time, you just uh, listen to the professor. And in parallel to that, you can do whatever you want. Um, and if you miss the class, you can always watch a recording. Um, yeah, that's basically it. Um, if I go outside, I just usually drink coffee and eat. That's it. Where do you think you will be able to go back to Beijing and the situation will get to normal what are your like kind that's of predictions actually, yeah that's that's a sad question because i think it's gonna take a while uh for beijing to open up at least i think we should wait for a month or so and again um uh, people will go back there gradually Right, so I think Beijing will have uh, restrictions, and I think foreigners, even inside of China, will be the last one to be allowed to enter. And uh, right now, if you go back to Beijing, you should be quarantined for fourteen uh, days. But after that, and this is what happened to my friend, uh, she is not able to um, enter hotels. And she even cannot book anything on Airbnb. So she found several uh, rent agents and they're helping her to find a flat because some of the Fondong's, how do you call them, uh, landlords, they they have no problems of like renting the place for a foreigner. Okay, I think, I hope, I hope you will stay healthy both mentally and physically during oh, all this tough times. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. But yeah, I, I'm definitely very interested to dig um, more inside of it and look at everything in the most neutral way possible because um, I can understand both the reaction of Chinese people on foreigners and the reaction of foreigners to be kicked out of their apartments. So I think it's a it's an interesting topic to, you know, 
have a small research. Yeah, why not? <laughs> while, while you have a lot of time during the oh, quarantine. So much. Yeah, <laughs> sure. I, I, I kind of get, get a feeling that our discussion got a little bit too formal. I don't know why. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's fine. I, it's our first try, and definitely uh, it's more it's more of a try rather than a real talk but yeah yeah uh, but i think i i'm hoping that we managed to draw some kind of outline and the picture mm. of our talk was uh, easy to follow and it, it was boring <laughs> <laughs> and that it could be useful and interesting to at least small group of people yeah us and you know <laughs> i also think that right now we just drew the picture this is why this uh first episode might be not that exciting but because right now you can actually kind of imagine what um future episodes will be about and that they gotta be um deeper but at the same time with real stories uh it would be just much more interesting to listen yes